Nuance Beauty is a podcast where we try to tease out the complexity, or as I say, the nuance, in any given topic so that we can acknowledge the tension there and hold space to see the beauty in it, the beauty in ourselves and the beauty in others and relationships. It's not easy seeing beyond our own opinions, but there's wisdom in the pursuit. So join us. Hi guys, welcome back to Nuance Beauty. I am bringing you another interview this week. Uh, Josh was a fellow classmate of Bill and mine. Uh, We all graduated in 2011 from the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. It's been over a decade since we've seen each other, but recently he shared a Facebook post that he and his wife, Abby, have created a board game. It's called Catastrophe, A Game of Nine Lives. And uh, it recently became available for purchase on Amazon. This Facebook post totally caught me as a pleasant surprise uh, because I don't think a lot of people go off and design a board game, and especially not from our background with working on ships and sailing. So I thought, perfect, we should totally sit down and do a show to talk about it. Uh, With that, welcome Josh and Abby. Thank you guys for being here. Hey, Christina. Hi. Thank you so much for having us on your podcast. We're super excited to get the opportunity to talk with you and your audience. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I look forward to getting into some of the nuanced beauty. Uh, What led you guys to wanting to create a board game? And how did you come up with this game in the first place? Oh my gosh, there's so much to unpack right there. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, I'll break it down kind of in several different answers. Um, But, you know, first off, Abby and I just love games. And what it really comes down to is a little bit separate than the game answer itself. It's actually our why that started this all. Uh, I worked on ships like like everyone may know as Christine and I graduated together and and our education at college was getting licensed to be a merchant mariner. And um, originally part of Abby and I are, are kind of thought our plan was, okay, Josh is going to work on ships for maybe five, seven, eight years, maybe more Mm -hmm. if it works out really well, Uh, but he's going to eventually transition away from ships to be home more. And the longer that I worked on the ships, the worse it became for our marriage. And it was extremely challenging. I get that. Yes. I mean, it was super challenging on our marriage. So five years came, seven years came. And then we started to think like, oh gosh, we didn't have a backup plan B to actually transition out of. So around that seven year mark, I had really started to come up with a lot of entrepreneurial ideas and inventions. I came up with about 90 ideas and the idea was, okay, we're going to sit down, we're going to look at all these ideas and we're going to start a small business and invest around $10,000 into it. And the small business doesn't have to be perfect. It's really just about learning how to operate a small business. Okay. And then after operating that small business, maybe I can transition into something else. So as we start looking at this, uh, probably around the eighth year, um, we sat down and we looked through about 80, 85 ideas, picked out the top three that we really liked and said, okay, we're, we're going to start to move forward with one of these. And I just still didn't feel great about any of them. So um, 
Would I, you we, mind kind of sharing, like, just to highlight, was it like open a coffee stand? Because that would be mine. <laughs> or a couple <laughs> of your ideas out there? Yeah. So one of the bad ideas uh, that for me <laughs> that I didn't end up, you know, wanting to do, I, I was just putting tons of things out there, was um, starting a, instead of a coffee shop, having a breakfast cereal type of restaurant where it's just tons and tons and tons of different cereals. <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> that people come in and they would, you know, have their best options for the cereals that they loved and then be like really, really fresh. And one of the other things that happened is as I started to look at these ideas, I would come up with an invention idea, like something really simple, um, like a um, uh, fingernail cutter, um, nail cutter that is enclosed on the sides so that your nails don't shoot off all over the place. <laughs> okay. And I would get these like little gotcha. invention ideas, you know, super, super basic, super small. And then I would immediately search it. And a lot of them were already invented. Oh no, go figure. But it was actually really, really exciting to me because I started to be able to see, gosh, this idea was good enough that someone came up with it. They ran with it. And now they have a business with that idea. Mm -hmm. and they're, they're hopefully making a profit with that idea. So that was kind of uh, the real high overview is I just got more excited when I would see these ideas. Um, mm. So, you so know, it sounds like a big mix, like anything from services to products, you were really just all over the board throwing ideas out there. And then um, what kind of led you to uh, like focus in on a board game? Yeah. So actually it is um, a sea story, a little bit of a sea story. So I was working for a company and um, I worked the nights. I was kind of like the night captain. Uh, and we were moored alongside the dock and it was night. It was middle of the night on July 4th of 2016. <laughs> nice. Okay. As we're sitting there. It's super dark on the bridge. We still have all the lights off. And I was in the back. Our bridge actually kind of has a 360 degree view, all open windows. And um, I popped up since we're tied up alongside, we're just waiting for operations to start pop up and ended up seeing a video of someone saying it was like 15 seconds. Someone's like, Hey, I went on a run and, and, uh, this caught my attention because I I'm a runner. I love running. So I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm listening to this guy. And, and he says, um, and immediately on my run, I had this idea of creating a game that used organs as the currency. <laughs> that game is called organ attack okay and I, I i finished that video is just 10 or 15 seconds that's all i heard about it and a couple minutes later i started thinking you know that's interesting of using organs as currency and different things as currency and it just hit me like lightning of using a game that revolves around cats and their nine lives and using the nine lives kind of as the currency of the game Oh my gosh, that is a weird um, connection, but I'm for it because I love cats. <laughs> so okay. I felt like this was an incredible idea. I went down and, and a lot of the ideas that I feel like are really good. I, I can remember exactly where I was standing, what was going on. I went over and I wrote it down. And this took place about a month or, or a couple months after I'd had that meeting with Abby about starting a small business. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I also got excited because the idea was for a game and games have always been so close to my heart. I have 
tons and tons of magical childhood memories of around holidays and Christmas of sitting down and being able to play games with my family, especially at a very young age. And even a game like Monopoly of just rolling the die, I can still feel inside myself the excitement uh, of mm. doing that as a four and five-year-old with my family. And yeah. I was so excited to be able to create this type of, of environment for others. So, you know, our mission statement, part of, of early on that we kind of came up with and decided that we wanted to do uh, is we are dedicated to promoting community and uniting people through play. We're passionate about making games that create an experience full of laughter, fun competition, and stunning artwork that leave people wanting to play again and again. Not just a game, but a memory. Um, That's so, really nice. I, I love that. I, I love that it, you have that mission statement and that vision there because I think that that will keep you grounded through any future endeavors. And I love that, um, as you shared, um, like, why? Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Um, I, I too, I have memories of playing uh, Scrabble and Taboo over the holidays. My family didn't get together every holiday season, but when they did, I firmly, like, I can remember holding the cards and there's this very real um, connection and presence. Like no one had a phone in their hands and everyone was like cooperating and laughing and enjoying themselves. So I, I, I love that. I love where you're going with that. Yeah. And so like circling back to our why I got back and I told Abby about this idea and we both felt really good about it. And we said, okay, now, um, how do we do it? But, you know, <laughs> but we're going to set aside some money. We're going to put that towards it. And the real high level overview picture is that the more that we worked on the idea, the more that we saw that people absolutely loved it. They really liked not just the concept, but once we start to work on it and do play testing, the more that people liked it, the more comfortable we felt of putting and investing more money and more money into it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it's really interesting because we started, we, the, I came up with the idea in mid 2016. And at one point in there, Abby had turned to me and she said, you know, you're just full of all these ideas, but you're not actually taking any action on anything. Because at this point, she, <laughs> you're call me out like that. she got, way no, to be, way to be practical. I think, you know, that is, that is why you two are married. Mm -hmm. It was, it was really good because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, she's right. I knew I was wanting to wait for the right idea to really start to take that action. But I thought, you know, I can't just keep coming up with these things and talking about them. I've got to take some action. So uh -huh. uh, even though I came up with the idea in mid-2016, we, I didn't seriously start to really work on it until early 2017. And then that was just like really scary. I sat down and I was like, all right, but how do you make a game? <laughs> I've played it, but how do you make it? Okay. And I kind of just did this, uh, this exercise that my brother taught me of where you write down the idea, you circle it, and then you branch out into different ideas that you might be able to use for it. Are you going to use dice? Are there going to be cards? Is it going to be a team game, you know, kind of branching out. And after working on this for a while, we came up with a, with an okay prototype people played and um, they really had a great time, but it was bad. I mean, it was, it was like really, <laughs> really bad. Oh, you mean like the design, like the, the drawings oh, or the paper or whatever. And the mechanics. Not, not the artwork. Cause we didn't really have artwork, but the mechanics of it, everything was just so, um, 
basic. It was, it was just, it was really bad. And that's how it usually is for anything on your first prototype, your first work on it, especially when it's the first time you've done it. But when we had people, they still said, you know, we think you have something here. Like, even though this was, was a lot of this was bad, we still had a lot of fun. So we worked on it and we ended up going, Abby came to me, we we were on vacation at, at uh, a lake house and she came to me and she said, Hey, did you know that there's something called CatCon? And I was like, what? No, no idea. So she's like, yeah, I think we should go. It's in Pasadena, California. So we decided to go in 2017. So is this like Comic-Con, but for cats? Yes. Yes, Oh, (laughs) that's awesome. Okay, keep going. So we had a prototype. And interestingly enough, I ended up... um, coming up with this other idea a couple months after I came up with the base, the base idea for the game. And it's so funny because it was the exact same place on the ship, possibly at the same dock tied up almost the same time at night. I started to realize that there are a lot of famous cats on the internet that are real, real life cats that they're, they're uh, like, are we talking about like the first meme of the pop tart cat or whatever? Is that like, one of the famous like cats? Grumpy cat, you know, like Florida. like, like um, <laughs> oh, grumpy, grumpy cat. cat. Yeah, okay, like, I got gotcha. you. Cat is one of those internet famous cats. Like they have, you know, their own Facebook, their own Instagram with tons of followers, like that kind of thing. And by tons wow. of followers, we mean millions. Millions. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so I came up with this idea on the ship of having these famous internet cats be featured in the game. And uh, immediately I thought, oh, this is a really fun idea. I think we're going to run with that. So whenever we went to CatCon in 2017, we actually ended up uh, um, already having contacted a lot of the famous cats. And a lot of these famous cats and their owners were at this event at CatCon. Oh, okay. So were you like shaking some hands and like, hey, can I make your cat be in my board game? <laughs> we were certainly trying. Okay. Yes. Okay. And, and uh, you know, we it actually we did it. It worked. A lot of the people being we I knew it was really interesting. I just knew early on if they can talk with Abby and I, they can see our heart and see that we're we're not here trying to take advantage of them mm-hmm. or to do this for the money, which, you know, you have to be able to make money to survive as a business, but that was not the sole purpose or or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I felt really good that they would be able to jump on board with us. So we ended up making a bunch of relationships there. And uh, everyone that we met there, I think there's probably like, like seven or eight different people we met, their cats ended up getting featured in the game. Well, quick question, were there cats there too? Like, did the cats come to CatCon? Some of them. them, Some of them passed. Some of the owners were dressed as the cat. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> one of the owners was, uh, um, you know, or um, yeah, so one of, one of them had uh, been a DJ. So he would wear a cat costume that is like a full cat costume and do DJ stuff and and like mix it up. Or a lot of them might have had shirt t-shirts with their cat yeah. picture on it or something like that. But you and you have to know okay. like these people are so fun. They're mm-hmm. they're wonderful, really fantastic, great people. Um mm-hmm. so while we're at CatCon, we end up finding out Abby's like, hey, did you know there's this thing called Gen Con? And I think she actually found out about it 
a couple of weeks before we went to CatCon. But it was sold. It was completely. It was sold like out. it was like sold out, but except for one day, mm-hmm. we were able to get a, a ticket for one day. So we end up leaving CatCon. We're flying to Gen Con straight from CatCon. We changed our flight. Where was it at? And Gen Con is, it's actually, I should have mentioned this first. It's actually the biggest tabletop board game convention in the United States. Oh, okay. Indianapolis. Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay, cool. And so, I mean, it's like, I think they had over 200,000 people attending. Um, I mean, it's just, it's Wow, the timing, you guys, that is, that's on point. Okay. (laughs) So we get to Gen Con and we end up running into a couple people that I've been following on Kickstarter and I start talking to them. They had made a board game that they had just launched on Kickstarter. And mm-hmm. one of the things to understand is as I was working on this and working on this idea, I had no idea that board games was a game industry, that there was a game industry or a hobby industry. Mm-hmm. Like the level oh. of effort involved and the number of people who are like fanatics. Oh, just that there were new games being made each year. I had no idea. Like I had not been shopping at Target and I would go to like um, Walmart or or places like that. And I would go and even through high school and into college, I go look at their board game aisle and it was just the typical Monopoly. Oh, yes. Grid. Right, right, right. Okay. Not like now. So when I started working on this idea, I really had no idea that there was even like tons and tons of hobby games board game stores mm-hmm. so we found out why we were at gen con that every year there are about four to nine thousand new board games created and published wow that many yes and Ooh. if if you the reason it, it it is vastly you know it almost doubles is because if you include the expansions that are created that's what gets it closer to that nine thousand okay and I was talking with a, a gentleman and, and quickly realized the idea that we're working on right now, in order to make this successful, we have to do this excellently. Like, well, I remember in, <laughs> in our naivety, we, this was 2017 and we were like, we're going to launch on Kickstarter in 2018. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're, then you see this, like all these lions around you. And yeah, like, oh, then we started okay. really getting into what that would actually look like. And we were like, oh yeah, 2018 is not going to happen. <laughs> okay. And, a, a little and, bit of a gut check. Okay. Yeah. Then, you know, we're sitting here, we're talking with this gentleman and he's talking about a budget of fifteen to thirty thousand dollars just for the artwork. Wow! Oh and gosh. we're looking at each other like, "Well, we 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 want to do this for <laughs> ten thousand to the whole thing." And uh-huh. start raising that number and raising that number. Well, do you think we could do it for this? And he looks at us very serious and he's like, "Well, <laughs> you could try, you know." <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, this is a total side tangent, but we recently upgraded the the mics that we have and they're not super expensive, but my kiddo does piano lessons at a studio that does kindergarten through high school. And she has kids who um, continue on to college. Like they get full ride college scholarships from her, you know, um, her voice and piano um, like studio. And so one day I asked, I was like, Hey, I'm considering upgrading my mics, but you know, I don't want to spend like too much. And they like the two folks there look at me and they're like, well, 
tell me what too much is. And I'm like, I'm thinking like a hundred to 200. So then he takes me in the back room and he shows me like, well, this might cost you a thousand dollars, but this, you know, this sure brand, this is like the baseline. This is probably the one that you're going to go with. And it's a hundred dollars per mic. So I'm just, you know, I'm drawing parallels from what you're saying. It's like, you just don't know until you know how big and um, expansive things can be. Well, and yeah, we had no idea what all went into making a board game either. The amount of other people that we would need to get involved with that process. Yeah. Which I, you know, I guess to wrap up, going back to the start of the answer to the question of what led us to wanting to create a board game is, you know, I didn't say this with our why, but ultimately our why was how can we get Josh off of the ships and be home to really foster our marriage and make sure that we still have a marriage. Mm-hmm. So the more that we worked on this and the closer that we got to kind of finishing it up really helped solidify to us. Okay. There's, there's potential here and God has been just so good in our lives and uh, to us of not just providing, um, but also giving us so much favor with this, with this game and with the idea and it's so interesting that as I stopped working on the ship, um, a little bit before that, God had helped Abby with the the job and the positions that she had to allow her income to really take over to be the breadwinner and making mm-hmm. income as I work on this idea and uh, formed a business around this to be able to, to be home um, and have a much, much better marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that kind of wraps up, you know, the question, the answer for that. Yeah. Um, so let's go back. You said 2016 is when you kind of first thought about it. And then, um, 2017 was the, the cat con and the gen con. Was that what it's called? That's right. Yeah. So then from there forward, I, um, when did you guys launch the game? Like when did it officially launch? Yeah, so we we officially launched it on Kickstarter on May 4th of 2021. 2021. Okay. So this is that was five years. <laughs> five yeah. years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing about that is is I'm not sure how much of your audience is familiar with Kickstarter, but a lot of people go to Kickstarter to is it crowdsourcing? Is it's that kind of an accurate? Yes. Mm -hmm. So we went with like 98% of everything done or 90, 95% of everything done. So we still weren't finished. We ended up. And we didn't have the, the, I mean, it's not like we had the tangible game. This was still needing to be. We had a prototype. Yeah. A professional prototype. Still needing to be manufactured and, you know, paid for. (laughs) Yes. So we launched and uh, we hit our funding goal in like 29 minutes, Mm -hmm. which was ten thousand dollars so we raised ten thousand dollars in 29 minutes and on the first day we ended up raising i think about fifty thousand dollars and one of the people we were working with for that was assisting us with many many things including the kickstarter had projected that we would raise about fifty thousand dollars over the total amount of time for the kickstarter which was like 32 days 31 days wow that is yeah. awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So, so we ended with raising $145,000 and had 2,769 backers. Mm-hmm. 
um, yeah, that, that were, were part of it. So we ended up delivering the games to those backers and anyone else that after the Kickstarter was over, pre-ordered it where it was actually in people's hands this last November. So November of 2022, the end of November and in early December of 2022. Okay. So once you take everything into account of having the idea to having the games manufactured and in people's hands mm-hmm. was uh, a good six years and, and almost six and a half years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once you had the funding, I'm guessing uh, that's when you kicked in like a, a professional designer or is that mostly when the manufacturing of the tangible games, that's when that occurred? Yeah. So we had sunk just an outrageous amount of our own funds in before the Kickstarter, we had already had the majority of the artwork done. We actually met the artists for the game in 2017 at CatCon. That had ended up paying off just tremendously. Um, And we hired a graphic designer. He was already almost finished with a lot of the graphic design and we had a game, game developer assisting us. So there were just so many different people and team members involved, but it was after we raised those funds that we were able to submit the order and continue to wrap up on the last bits of artwork that we, we had like crowd voting on and that type of thing. Okay. That is, that is, wow. What a journey. Now, um, you and Abby are married and, uh, you went into this venture together. So, uh, I think you can see where in the heart of nuanced beauty in my mind, I'm envisioning you guys designing this board game, similar to, um, putting together an Ikea bed frame with all of the drawers (laughs) and a serious form of therapy and bonding. (laughs) It could go amazing, or it could be the most taxing thing you will ever do in your life. Uh, yeah. So how did that dynamic play out for you guys? Uh, well, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. I, I think it's not an either, or I think it was both of those things, <laughs> <laughs> the most amazing, uh, you know, journey ever. And also the most taxing at times. So there were definitely, definitely points of tension. I, I think early on, Josh, you know, did the well, he's done the brunt of all the work the whole time, but I wasn't as involved early on. Um, my involvement came a little bit later, which is ironic because that's also when um, then I had a full-time job. And so mm-hmm. oftentimes it, you know, for me, it felt like I was kind of doing two jobs. I'd go to work and then I'd come home and he would need all my, all my help on these, these areas. And, um, it was definitely interesting at times. Well, and I'll I'll jump in and say <laughs> there is no way that I could have done this at least to the level that we have without all of the hard work, dedication and help from Abby. Like I you know, I I might have been able to do some of it, but it would not it, it would be thousands of times less than what it is now. Well, it's interesting because we have two very different um two very different skill sets very different backgrounds and very different um, ways that we work. And Mm -hmm. so the way that I work and function is just very different than the way that Josh works and functions. Both are great. Both get things done. I could be more like you. I I would, I would do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my, my mind and kind of some of my background is like marketing and a little bit of graphic design and those kinds of things. So very early on, those were the things that I was 
not that they were done great because it's not like I've been professionally trained in any of that. It's more just kind of that entrepreneur, like you teach yourself kind of how to do things. And so mm-hmm. like early on, like I, I made our first website and came up, you know, I started all of our social media and helped with the newsletters to really just like get things rolling and get the word out there. Things that Josh didn't have the, the skill set or, you know, um, he hadn't taken the time to learn those things. It was more of kind of my hobby or little side jobs that I had had previously that really played into helping get this whole project going. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, uh, those are some of the ways that I kind of helped early on. And then again, like our skill sets are very different. And so we're able to complement and it just kind of works and it works. um, We've definitely had to, I've definitely had to step away from some of it as much now um, with my job and, and everything like that, but things are kind of rolling a little bit better now and we're able to get some other people to help with some of those areas, but I don't know. What do you, do you well, you know, I that? think the biggest thing, which everything there you did was very, very valuable, but one of the things that was the most time consuming and biggest thing was just sitting with me at dinner or breakfast or lunch or anytime while we're driving and bouncing ideas off of you and off of each other and discussing, oh, what if we did that? What if we did this? Oh, I'm thinking about having um, this flavor text or this art direction. I did really the majority of the art direction early on. um, And then we had the graphic designer helped with some of the last bit of art direction as well. Uh, But it was so much of the help from Abby was also just talking about it. And ideas, yeah. I. Well, I have to tell you, Abby's a real trooper because she listened to me talk about cats, <laughs> cat puns, <laughs> cat ideas, cat games, uh, indefinitely where we're do, still talking about Do you about guys it. own cats? We have one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'll tell one real quick story. We were driving in the car with our niece and um, she was 16 or 17 at the time, I think. And we're just bouncing these cat pun, cat jokes that off of each other and just like talking about these different things and she just kind of laughed and she was like is this what you guys do all day <laughs> like and we were like well sometimes I guess <laughs> a good portion yeah yeah you're getting a glimpse into the real uh you know right? catastrophe over here <laughs> um, and I'll tell you something really funny and this is something Abby did kind of for fun as a hobby but also to really help us to learn with engaging with the famous cats so I guess I could have mentioned this. We have 20 famous cats that are featured in the game and they have a total following across social media and other avenues over probably 19 million people now. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. As we were working on this, uh, we ended up getting our cat Indy, who we absolutely love and adore. And Abby created a social media account for him for fun. And to kind of help learn, okay, what are these, how should we be thinking about these famous cats that are featured in the game and learning what they do and, and that type well, of and stuff. And getting more involved with the cat community and learning. Well, also the marketing that. side and in the cat community, mm-hmm. all those things, you know, learning as much as we could. Abby started a Instagram for him and grew to over 10,000 followers 
<laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> we don't really do much with it. Yeah, now. I don't do anything with it now. I think it's down to like nine thousand. But something, it but... is wonderful having yeah. all these pictures of, of yeah. him, and he's his he's history. his history. He's a really cool cat too. So it's it's uh it that was, is it was... so funny. It it kind of uh. It parallels we have on Instagram we also have a we have a gardening Instagram and the gardening Instagram has more followers than the podcast right now and <laughs> of them have that much but I'm like man it, it is like not controversial to garden it is not yeah. controversial to own a cat right. it's exactly. so much easier <laughs> yeah which and I'll fair. I'll mention super quickly here that's so interesting is you know when we first came up with the idea for these famous cats to be featured the idea was that you would be able to play the game and immediately after game or during the game be able to go and engage with these cats on social media um like after the game's over and ha have something that's real in the game uh and as we started to to work on this and follow more of these cats we realized tons of the cats out there that are on social media have these have disabilities. And we quickly shifted into the idea of, uh, or quickly like had the heart to say, hey, we're gonna feature these, these cats that have these disabilities and we're gonna feature them in the game as heroes. So they became power cats in the game. And- Oh, the, that's cool. Yeah, the idea that we really wanna show is like, hey, uh, these cats have the ability to be heroes and be heroes to people. And anyone out there, no matter uh, what is going on in your life, you have the ability to be a hero too. And that was one of the things we really, on a kind of a, a high level that you might not pick up on that we wanted to um, kind of help stress and, and get across. So with each game, it actually comes with an art booklet of the 20 cats that are featured. And it has each one of their bios their story, their artwork from the game, their picture in real life, and what their social media handle is, and, and just kind of a, a rundown, like a bio. It's, it's, it turned out really, really neat. We're, we've been uh, so fortunate to work with all of these people that are just incredible people. They have incredible cats that are, are, are wonderful and, and fun. Um, and we also want to get across, you know, a strong message out there as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I really enjoy that. I think that I like how you kind of tie in a little bit of an encouragement in the game too. Um, with that in mind, I imagine that there are some listeners here who have not played a board game in years, or they potentially have a pile stacked high in their closet. So would you mind trying to offer an encouragement to the listeners uh, to get them to dust off a box and get to playing? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is that when you walk away from playing a game with people and having community, you feel good. It feels so edifying and you walk away with more than what you, you came to the table with. And when everybody's able to get off their devices, get off their phones and, and sit down and have face-to-face -face interaction, engagement, especially when there's laughter I think that is so good for your soul and for your heart. It's so healthy. Um, you know, it's it's almost like medicine this day with with how challenging it can be for myself or for me just to to kind of get off of my computer from work or off of my phone and and that yeah. engagement yeah. that helps develop and build relationships and fun. I just think is so important. Abby, what what about you? 
No, I, I, yeah, exactly what you said. And I think on a more practical level, I think sometimes people shy away from games because rules can be confusing and they don't want to take the time to learn it and all that. So I would encourage people to either look up a video on how to play a certain game that you might be thinking of, or find a friend who already knows how to play that they can teach you because it's just so much easier to learn that way. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Uh, we used to watch some YouTube videos and yeah, there are, there are plenty of people out there so you can learn from a person versus just reading it. And of course, if you're one-on-one with a person, then you get that, that community aspect, which is the heart behind uh, like everything that you guys are trying to uh, capture. Exactly. Uh, so I have not played the game yet, but I think this game has a great potential for the whole family to get together and bond over. So I wanted to bring you guys on just in time for the holiday season um, and encourage the listener to uh, consider um, playing Catastrophe. As I mentioned earlier, uh, this game is available on Amazon right now. Um, so if you wanted to check it out, the best way to find it is to type catastrophe game in the search engine and it will pop up that way. Um, as a closer, we usually ask folks to uh, give us a book recommendation as a way of the listener diving deeper into the nuance of the topic. But in light of this episode being all about your board game, I wanted to ask you guys instead, what is each of your um, all-time favorite board games? I'll let, I'll let you go, Abby. Oh, you want me to start? Yeah, you can start. That's so hard. Um, <laughs> I think it changes with different seasons. So when I was first getting into board games, like I loved Settlers of Catan. We played that all the time. Oh, yes. Okay. Now, I mean, then it's it shifted to Wingspan I, uh, and Dice Forge. Those are some of my favorites. But the ones that honestly get played the most is just between two players, me and Josh, would be like Jaipur and Splendor. So I think those are some of my favorites. And if you have no idea what these games are, check out the games at Target or look up a game, a board game store, and you'll just be shocked how many games are out there. But, you know, for me, it really depends on the group that I'm playing with. I don't think I have a solid answer for my all-time favorite. When I'm playing with a big board game group that play games that take hours to learn and they're willing to teach me, one of my favorite games to play with them is is called Dark Tower, which is this incredible game with with this big tower and you use an app and it lights up and it spins it's really really cool and i like this uh the a game called viticulture which is being a like a winemaker oh um, i like wine i'm joining you on that one <laughs> oh it's a great one it's, i mean it's a little bit of a complicated game but it's great and of course we're partial to our game but we want to encourage your audience that if you're looking for a great fun family game during the holidays to check out dixit D-I-X-I-T. It's a really easy, simple game, super fun for the family, doesn't take much to learn. Okay. Um, With that, um, thank you guys for being here. If anyone wanted to reach out, um, how would they uh, want to connect with you? Yeah, so they could uh, email me if they're wanting to engage that way, josh at catastrophenation.com, or they could follow along with us on Instagram or Facebook and our handle is catastropheboardgame. Okay. Awesome. I will include that in the show notes. Um, thank you guys so much for being here today. Thank, thank you for you. having us. We, we greatly appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's interview. I'm sure you love hearing Bill and I chat 
about various topics, but truly in the heart of nuance, it is wonderful to bring on a guest and have a conversation. So I hope you enjoyed and until next time.